0: choice for the second song of today. I came across it like two weeks ago or so. A Spotify recommendation and uh, I don't know. There's just something to it. <laughs> and um, it's,
1: it's
0: a deep song. It's a very deep song. Uh, <laughs> a lot of meanings to it. Um, but yeah, and the song came to me just as this topic did. It just kind of randomly popped into my mind. Probably we're talking about it at some point, mm-hmm. me and Ruby. And uh, because we, oh yeah, we came across um, something that's sort of ASMR, but not quite. It's um audio porn, uh, and I find it quite interesting. I don't know if you've heard of about it, Zaki, You have like here in ai I've,
2: I've I've heard of, I've, I have heard of audio porn before. Mm-hmm. Um, mostly because you know. I sometimes, you know, just go on Reddit and things. I see these things, and you know, if you go on SoundCloud, if you do a really deep dive, you can find a lot of things for, things ranging from like, you know, like really deep, like house beats with like really sexual lyrics, or also things ranging from just like sounds from actual porn videos or things like that, <laughs> or even things like voice actors like telling stories as if they're talking to someone, and then just like. You this almost sound it really does sound like sex in a way. And I'm not saying that I'm necessarily a, a consumer of this yeah, thing, yeah, but yeah, I know yeah. about right. these things. It's okay, we
1: don't judge. We're not here to
0: judge. Of course. Yeah. This is an open discussion about porn.
1: Look. wow. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, we're not making it here though. No, we could. Damn it. Slowly reaching.
0: But uh, Yeah, I find it quite curious because personally, I don't usually consume porn. But we came across this and I found it funny because it wasn't necessarily purely sexual. It had this very emotional touch
2: to it. It Yeah, that's the thing. I mean, I know. I'm not talking maybe not somebody- I don't know about audio porn. It's, it can be a very it can be very emotional. It's very meant meant to create the feeling of that. You want the like the emotional feeling of it. But at the same time, I know there's also a lot of written porn, you know. For as a gay person, there is a website called nifty.org. If you wanna Google it, go ahead. But um it's basically this a lot of like long form stories that are just very erotic. And, you know, it's something that is really made to be more emotional than just plain erotic you know if there's if there's no storyline it's not interesting if there's yeah. nothing it's mm. the best stories are the ones that really grip you yeah. <laughs> that even without sex you would still read so yeah. so
0: that yeah that that triggered something on me because usually I always associate porn with something bad or like the industry and sexism and uh, people making use of women's body most of the time in a very sexualized object trying way that might lead to violence and that but it turns out that it's not always like that.
2: Yeah, I think there's a lot of alternatives to that. I think like, I think there's really a lot to be said for the alternative porn industry that isn't. I think a lot of mainstream porn porn industries there are a lot of things that are really toxic. And I'm speaking from a gay as a gay person myself, but there's like websites like Fraternity X that are like really basically simulated rape, and mm-hmm. you know really toxic things like that. And if you look into alternative venues, you can find that there's really a big world out there in the in a big, there really is a big world than just what you see in front of you in terms of porn.
0: Yeah. So now this is your perspective and I'm, I'm, I'm assuming here you mostly focused on gay porn or alternative porn.
2: Yeah, generally. Yeah.
0: But now I turn here my eyes to yell. <laughs> We've been talking about it before. And I mm. think your approach to porn is rather different.
1: Well, it's the, uh, it's the opposite spectrum. So like personally, um, I hate emotional porn. It's not that I hate it. It just doesn't do anything to me because it's too close to reality. So I I prefer porn that's completely uh, out of reality. That's overdone, over the top with, you know, like fake boobs, fake fake dicks, fake all of it. You know, everything that's fake and it's over the top and it's super like stimulating. And I, I've tried to like watch like amateur porn and all that shit, but it's never done anything to me. Um, but personally, I kind of regret the day that I tumbled on a porn website which was when I was about like 11 or 12 and when you're that age you're like gripped so you're really confused because you're extremely aroused and you don't know what to do and I remember stepping onto it and I think from that day I was hooked I was like oh my god and I remember watching like three or four hours of it and then like hiding the hiding my computer when my mom came back just feeling really fucking guilty so you have you always have this like feeling of guilt after you watch porn. Um, and then I watched a lot of porn for a long time, so I consider myself to be a porn addict, still to this day, 100%. And I read a lot about it, and I was like, fuck man, this is bad. Like it just talks about how it affects your relationship, so how it affects your relationship with your partner, how basically your sex life gets worse, your trust issues gets worse and you take you become distant so every time you want to deal with a situation which happens to me quite a lot instead of going and I don't know going for a run going going to listen to some music going to get some fresh air you are going to watch porn and that's what I do I'm like okay I want to relax what am I going to do I'm like okay I can smoke a cigarette I can have a drink and I can watch porn mm-hmm. and then you know obviously that affects your relationships like 100 percent because it's not a good outlet
0: yeah it's interesting that i mentioned addiction i was uh, doing my day research thing as i tend to do with whatever topic i come across here and uh yeah i was reading this article that was about how the brain of people who tend to watch um, porn daily uh, has some areas in the brain are similar to those of addicts mm-hmm. in a way so mm-hmm. yeah but it, it's kind of you don't really know whether that's because you watch porn and hence you end up having that brain or because you already have so, this kind of brain then you end up having I mean I behavior. think it,
1: it's it's both, it's a, both yeah. uh, it's a two-way stream yeah
0: funny interesting but yeah. this reminds me of a film that one of the people here tonight did Diana. hey yeah <laughs> so a couple of months ago or maybe even longer than that I, I don't quite remember but you did a film called Margot right and yes he talked a bit about this relationship um, of porn and uh, affecting p- a person's life and how they dealt with it, right? Can you describe it a bit more? Or, or what's your take on porn? Why did you decide to do that film?
3: I mean, my taking porn porno is a little bit broader than what happens in Margot because at the end, Margot is the story of a girl in particular. So it's like, I mean, of course we can take it in another layer and say that, I mean, of course porn like, come on, Like, this is the time in reality that we have so easy access to these images. Like, you know, there is no way to make a comparison between a kid like 50 years ago that will find a porn magazine and will be like, oh, it's a porn magazine. Well, come on, like these years, like a boy can have that in their phone in the bathroom. Like, you know, you can be watching porn all day. I had a boyfriend, like my first boyfriend, he really had an issue with porn and he was like, the thing is that it's so easy that we can be Mm. all having dinner and I can be watching porn. And, like, of course, that is going to create a reaction when it's so much people that it's... um, Yeah, in the reflect of this thing. And, I mean, of course, like, speaking about fiction, that porn, you know, should all also cover the side of fiction. We should allow ourselves to cover all that spectrum and, you know, to be really free and do whatever the fuck we want, if that is fake boobs or tentacles or whatever the fuck. But the thing is that when we don't have... You know and a structural and real sexual education that is the education that kids are having about sexuality and about intimacy and about how to relate with the other and like in really basic things because it's really symbolic and there is things that you are just shallowing all the time and that you are normalizing and you know the bad thing is not you know not like victimize or demonize this whole porn, but like the reality is that if we don't take the priority this is what is shaping heads and this is what is shaping ideologies and it's really really fucked up because even if we can say that it's already feminist porn and like you know more friendly porn and you can also like you read it or shed at the end like the most part of the industry it's a monster and like, you know, speaking about consent, uh, consent, it's more about having a girl recording herself saying, hey, my name is Diana and I'm here because I want, no one is forcing me. But I think it's more about having females. And I mean, I mean, I mean, other, every kind of people that actually wants to do something different, being the creators and like having the ideas being developed, like, you know, not just being the ones like, oh yeah, I'm allowed that this person is doing this to me, but I'm like in some way part of the creating, developing of these, because at the end we are speak about intimacy, about sexual life. And a lot of things are actually defined as humans. And I think mm-hmm. it's really complex. And it, uh, yeah, it's a really huge and awesome platform that we're just waiting in some way.
0: Mm-hmm. So you mentioned, for instance, um, porn and education or sexual education. How do you think that you intertwine? Because I think there's two different aspects. There's one, those using in porn to teach, um, Sex, um, sexual education, so to teach healthier forms of having having sex. Or there's also teaching about porn or what the adventure or the benefits or the disadvantages that might come with watching it. And both of them have very wide um, views and many, many different ideas and how it might work, how it might not work. Uh, what what's your take on that? I was reading at some point uh, also an article about uh, people trying to implement, for instance, sex education in schools, and one of the dilemmas being, okay, we have to talk about porn. Statistically speaking, it's it's uh, shown that most of the time, like kids watch the most porn is on in, in school grounds, but you can't direct. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> exactly. It's a bit surprised. Yeah, yeah. Apparently, the place where it's most common for kids to watch porn is in school grounds. <laughs>
2: that wasn't me <laughs> yeah I mean, like, right now,
1: that was not me i had that in my school yeah yeah oh, cool. because like you're like discovering it together you're like oh check out what take out this video like you've never seen booze or you've never seen a vagina before and then you want to share it with your friends you know
2: yeah. I, maybe that wasn't me because i'm gay and so that wasn't that wasn't that, that wasn't really like commu- i didn't really have the bunch of gay friends who with whom i would like do these things kind yeah. these kind of things mm. with so maybe that's more of like a straight people thing yeah i think it's more of a straight
1: boys thing yeah that's what i'm thinking yeah. then it expands a little bit onto like you know stri- uh, gay people and women but it's yeah. mostly yeah. straight white boys no yeah. not white straight boys
0: but but yeah but then the the question that was coming that like i was bumping into over and over again the more i read about it is how the fuck do you deal with that as a teacher? Because you need to discuss about porn, and you want to make sure that kids uh, consume it in a better way. Because you can't stop people from consuming whatever they want to consume without talking about it. Because you're not allowed to talk about it in school grounds. Mm.
2: Well, I don't know. I don't. I don't know what the ne- necessarily the answer is. But mm. what my what what comes to my mind is one of my favorite things, which is harm reduction. You know, to tell them exactly what it is. Tell them the good things and the negatives uh, then they have all of the information and can make their own decisions based on the based on the information that you give them if you don't talk about it at all then they're going to get their information from sources that may not be as good or trustworthy as a teacher or a loved one who is important
0: how is it for you guys like when you first started watching porn what was the main thing that attracted you towards it and what, what and how did it make you feel once you started watching it you remember
4: me personally i think it was mostly like i hadn't had any sexual education at that point when i stumbled across porn so for me it was just curiosity as to like what is this because i had no point of reference as to anything i had been taught and um looking back at that now actually that's i think that's a really wrong way to go about it because Mm -hmm. for me i saw it and i was like okay so this is what sex is and then Later on in life, I realized that that's not at all what sex is like most of the time. Because what I stumbled across was the first thing you find when you type in porn, which is the -the over-the-top exaggerated, not realistic porn. Mm -hmm. So I think, but I think um, what an issue with that is, is that porn is still so taboo that people don't dare talk about it. And so you know, nobody's taught anything about it, and so a lot of people continue believing that that is what is, sex is like and that is what sex should be like.
1: Mm. Yeah. For me,
4: what yeah. trapped me, it was
3: kind of the narrative, because, like, come on, like, when you're a teenager and you are doing anything, you are thinking about sex, so you are in the library and you are thinking in having sex and you are in the bathroom and you are thinking about having sex, and the narrative of porn it's telling you that you can be in the library and randomly just start having sex. so so, you know it's like really leading that need of you know if I'm thinking it everywhere it means that it could happen everywhere when most of our relationships are not like in public or like weird scenarios or thinking so it was like the narrative at the end is fiction and it's what he what trapped me in any kind of fiction like you know what I cannot do here and what can be explored without damaging anything or without corrupting anything or whatever
0: Mm -hmm. would you agree with that Saki?
2: Yeah, I agree. I think it's really I think it like I think porn like with all forms of media, there's good forms and there's bad forms. But unfortunately at this point since it's something such a taboo subject, a lot of what we what is immediately available is the bad form of it. And I think that if potentially there were more positive forms of porn that, you know, I don't, I don't necessarily think that young people should necessarily be watching porn but I think they're going to have access to, access to it anyway and so that what they sh- the point they have access to should be as good as possible so that they don't develop these bad habits these bad ideas around what sex looks like because if you're learning about sex from porn a lot of the languages you're, a lot of the a lot of the messages that you're gonna get are really negative things.
0: So mm. what kind of porn was it that you started watching? Would you say that you were lucky that you just bumped into something that was healthy or was it the first encounter was unhealthy and then you changed or you just stuck with this unhealthy porn consumption? How did it develop? Is it easy to find healthy porn as you put it?
2: Uh, I wouldn't say it's necessarily easy. I don't know, I, from my experience with porn, um, for me, I I didn't really know what, as a gay person, didn't really know what gay sex looked like. I didn't know what it was until I learned a lot of those things from porn at first. But I was like, okay, this looks weird. I don't wanna do this things. And I found some other things eventually. I remember like, just like looking through like recommended videos and things like that. I remember coming across like these form of porn from this website called Beautiful Agony, by the way. Um, and the way it works is it's literally just images of faces I and it. <laughs> yeah, just literally just images of the face, just videos of people mas- like masturbating or stimulating themselves in some way, but you only see their face. And so it's very much more emotional, more than mm. any type of physical connection that you are seeing to this person, because you don't really know what their body looks like. You only see their face. And so that's one thing that I think could be necessarily a positive thing. And I'm also, I also, I think if you, I think if you really look into it and you're more conscious about how porn can affect you, you it, it's a little bit easier to be mindful about the porn you consume and what you can find on the internet because anything is available on the internet. Mm-hmm.
1: Do you,
0: well,
1: do, what do you think? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Personally, okay. I stumbled onto like really hardcore porn the first time I watched it, it was like, completely like it was something like hard fuck blah 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 it was it wasn't healthy it was like a guy dominating a girl being oh I think my mic went off um being super like uh dominant and being aggressive and being you know all this kind of shit that you that you see on porn and then I continued watching that type of porn and I actually went worse and worse and worse and worse. So like I started watching things that were harder, worse, like just things that I wouldn't share with people. It's Mm -hmm. not like, like if someone walked in the room and I was watching that, I would like put it off. But like, for example, if you were on that website, like just watching someone masturbating, you just see their face, it's still there's intimacy, right? You don't really know what's going on and you could still share with the person. But like, if I'm watching a gangbang video with like five Russian dudes, Basically destroying this like little girl, like the not little girl, but not a child. I don't watch uh, child porn. (laughs) I'm making it clear. It's not. It's not something I would share with someone. It's something. It's something that I'd be ashamed like for, which I which I am actually. And it's something that I wouldn't want anyone to to watch. Like personally, I think fucking this type of porn should be banned. And they've tried it. They've tried in so many countries to ban porn, but it always always comes back. Um, And it, it has no positive effect. I think that our sex lives would be a lot more creative if we didn't watch porn because we wouldn't base it on on what sex is like on porn. Because for example, um, I had a friend of mine who told me that when she has sex with her partner, they take a lot of pauses. So they'll have sex and then pause... And talk and kiss and you know do something else and then they'll get back to sex and it's kind of like this interrupted sex of like you you make it wait you chill you know you relax a little bit and then you and I was like wow that's that's crazy I've never I've never done that because in porn you don't see that in porn it's like action 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 uh, come and then that's it you know and you don't see anything afterwards so it's really the, yeah the, the image of sex and porn is completely uh, fucked up. Mm-hmm. <laughs> find it At interesting that popular porn.
0: Yeah exactly. That that's your experience. Uh, with main mainstream porn, but I wouldn't necessarily generalize that. All all porn is like this. No, but
1: mainstream porn. For example, when you type the word porn on the internet, the first website that comes up is Pornhub, and that's mm. the most popular one. And you you're not gonna find. You're not gonna find very peaceful porn there. I mean, mm. yeah, sure, there's amateur porn and there's like just couples, but the most popular porn isn't isn't healthy porn.
0: Yeah, I think porn is m- mostly. L- A representation of how our own society works and how our own society deals with sexuality and you you're gonna have all sorts of ways there you're gonna have extremely queer um, sex positive um, porn you might have extremely sexist and violent porn and you might have a in-between middle ground thing and you might have I don't know balloon porn you know (laughs) it's a thing as well and and I find it cool in a way that we that we, we we start now to have discussions about porn because it also in a way pushes us to discuss more about sexuality in general and how sexuality impacts our lives and how that has an impact on our relationships, not necessarily sexually, but in general, friendships and romantic relationships as well, politics. It's a a fundamental thing. And yeah, and while you were talking about how the mainstream porn was affecting you, Mm -hmm. I couldn't avoid but remember about another thing that I read yesterday. Uh, About uh, queer porn Mm -hmm. and how the industry on on that side of the spectrum is so different. And uh, I was reading this uh, article, it was not really an article, it was kind of a a, a compilation of many different uh, descriptions of people who work in the scene. Um, Mostly, and this is what I found interesting, it seemed to me that it wasn't necessarily the product making porn to sell it. I mean, of course, that was also a thing. But it felt almost as if it was making porn to explore your own sexuality. Mm. So it had people that went there almost in this kind of DIY thing and, and explore their own sexuality and their own identity mm. through making those videos and then sharing it with people and almost build a community. And that was something that I would never really consider when I first hear the word porn.
2: That's what I think could necessarily be a positive from porn. I mean. <clears throat> I know a lot of people if, if you're learning from if you're learning about sex through porn, if you're getting access to positive porn that allows you to explore these things like just through watching it as opposed to just doing the thing yourself, it gives you a and it gives you an, a way to maybe look and see, okay, I'm interested in this thing, that this thing that I would not necessarily have tried if I hadn't seen it in a porn video or something like that. You know? And so you like if you're like maybe like people who are into kink, for example, if you've never seen any porn that is Related to kink, you may not even ever find out that it's something that you could be into, and so that's why I think, there. I think I think that's why I think it's really more of a conversation about what is the right, what is good for, and what is bad porn. I don't think it should be banned at all, but I do think we there have to be a conversation about what makes it good and what is the kind of porn that people should produce and that people could should consume in order to have a better relationship with sexuality, relationships in general.
5: I think it's not just about porn as such it's also about how we perceive sexuality in general in our world so se- sexuality and sex is something taboo and not to be talked about and not to be honest about and it seems to me so often the reason why bad porn and the porn industry as it exists today is born out of the fact that we don't have honest conversations about sexuality and, and, it was and respect
1: as well it was banned like yeah religious religious yeah it was banned uh... Yeah. I, well, mean,
5: yeah, I mean, we were talking to a friend living in Lithuania and she said about how much it's taboo there. And talking about sex in any form is taboo in many countries.
0: Mm-hmm.
6: Yeah.
5: And porn is an expression of how bad it is
2: when, when it's not open. Exactly.
0: On that note, maybe we can go to our next song.
2: Yep, I'll introduce it. Yeah. Uh, this is one of my favorite songs. Birx Cocoon. Um, It's one of the more explicit songs on her album, uh, Vespertine, and enjoy.
7: Across our ocean.
0: making fun of Ruby here <laughs> with her hair all messy. Anyway, so we're having an interesting discussion here about uh, porn, if you're just uh, tuned in, we're discussing about it right now.
1: Yeah, exactly. Well, porn, sexuality.
0: Porn, sexuality, politics. Media. Uh, media, a whole bunch of things for just one hour, so just a bit of a messy, <laughs> crunchy Look, I mean, we're starting,
2: we're starting about porn, but porn is a really complicated subject.
0: Yeah. And uh, complicated as it is as also as sexuality is, we were discussing while the music was playing something that we should mention here is consent.
2: Consent is key guys.
0: Yeah so how does how is consent represented in porn? Is it represented at all? How do you learn about it? And mm. What do you guys
1: say? Uh, no, it's very poorly represented. Yeah, very poorly. yeah
2: yeah, uh, yeah I, don't, I' can't speak from I can't speak on straight porn because that's not what I ingest at all. But with gay porn, a lot of it, it's not, consent is not really something that is discussed at all. Um, although I have seen it, dis- the, one, the one places where I know I've definitely seen it discussed are um, porn that is, that is around kinks. And there's one website, kink.com, where I've noticed that in a lot of their videos in the beginning of it they they're talking with the porn star who was going to be in the video and they're like okay so what is your safe word these things like that and there are things that you know a lot of people who if they had never if they heard about kink from other sources for example 50 shades oh. of gray which handled kink in a very negative <laughs> negative very very poor way um you know if you if you're if you've never if you've only if you've only learned about kink from 50 shades of gray it would be really negative. But then if you actually have access to porn where they actually talk about safe words and consent in these things, then you would learn about what kink actually is and how to talk about these things with a potential sexual partner.
0: Mm -hmm. And I find it interesting that uh, in some countries, so for instance in Australia, it is more difficult for porn, for porn to pass through like the, the regulations and be able to be sold as porn when it does include consensual day talking than when it doesn't. So I was uh, reading this article and it was talking about how queer porn, which tends to be the, the porn that involves more of these things, um, barely ever passes. And sometimes they have to go less ethical to pass as porn. Because within the legislation in Australia, what is considered porn is only one penetration, so it also cannot include kinks because hmm. then it's, it, it's not supposed to be shown. <laughs> and two, it doesn't have the dirty talk or the or what comes in between the sex or af- before or after like
2: preliminaries yeah so the preliminaries there's yeah. no foreplay there's no aftercare if it's like kink or anything And so it's just only the sex and you don't see any mention of safe words or the actual like communication that is involved in these things you only see just wham bam thank you ma'am
0: mm-hmm. or even not even necessarily just consent but even health wise for instance using condom wearing condoms is something that sometimes is not well represented
2: ah. <sighs> just these negative things. Because yeah. condoms are important, you know? And I will, actually something that with, actually with, with gay porn that I've seen is that like a lot of times that the condom magically appears and there's no mention of you know don't, you don't see them putting it on, you don't see them taking it out, you don't see them, like, you know, after the actual conversation that takes place when you're using condoms. Mm-hmm. And that's really important. You have, because otherwise, you know, no people don't know how to talk about condoms and then people end up not using them because they don't know how to talk about these things.
0: Yeah, so apparently there's also something that uh, has been discussed thoroughly, and some some porns try to to make use of porn, but in some cases, when you just see it, it's usually not edu- like not in terms of education. It's not like they're trying to teach people to use condoms. It's just because, uh, like, um, the yeah. access health, which of course it's good, but it would be even better if you could mention, please, that's a common thing that you should do.
2: Exactly, because like if the con Condoms don't ma- Like just for the, for your listener and for the listeners who might not know, a condom will not magically appear on a penis. That's not the way condoms work. You have to actually take it out I hope of the that. wrapper. People don't
1: believe that. I hope so like, too. Like oh, no, a penis just comes with a condom.
2: But the thing is, at a lot of these porn videos, you would think that the, that the condom just magically appears. And so, if you actually show that, you have to actually show the things that you want people to mirror, because people will do what they see and so if you actually show them that they're, that they're taking it out actually make it and make actually make a point to make it a thing that would i think the increase the likelihood of actual condom usage mm.
1: but i think the problem is that we are we, not ever going to be able to stop porn from existing porn is always going to exist and we're going to have all sorts of porn but what is the problem is that we don't talk about sex in school parents don't talk about sex with their kids so the only ap- the only approach to sex that you have is porn so If, for example, you were shown when you were, I don't know, like you reached teenager, what's the correct age, like 15, 16, something Uh, like that, you were shown like a video of two people, you know, like 12, 11. Yeah, I mean, off. I think I think people would disagree. Like most people would be like, no, that's too that's too young. People but start. you would show a video of like a couple, you know, just making love, like a normal couple. No, nothing graphic. No, like moaning, screaming, spanking, just the basic stuff. And it, and then the couple would like talk about their experience and would talk about concept and things like this. If like a video like this was shown in school, I think it would change a lot of things. Like and if. Yeah, if co- if communication was a lot more open, it'd be. Uh, I think be better. in
0: Finland, it might not be, but I think it was in Finland. I was saying, uh, watching this video, and uh, it's more. Like, it's kind of like that, but mm-hmm. for kids even younger, I think it's a, a, like Ruby said, around ten. Yeah, I 11. Think the
2: conversation should start younger. Yeah. Because, yeah, people like like speaking. I'm just speaking from Phil. I'm just speaking like from my own experience. I remember being in high school in Philadelphia, and every year of high school, there would be people coming to my school and. They every, every would give every kid a, plastic, a paper bag, everyone would go to the bathroom and pee in a little cup, and they would test everyone for cl- for chlamydia and gonorrhea. Mm. Mm-hmm. And this is up in high school, so starting at 14 years of age. I personally think it will, probably might be a good idea to start before then, because I, I can say without yeah. a shadow of a doubt that people were starting before mm-hmm. then.
1: Yeah, and people start earlier and
2: earlier now. Right? Exactly. <laughs> and I think that's why you have to begin the conversation or the conversation earlier so that then they are beginning to do it in a safe way. But
0: here is the third right question. Do you think that people start earlier because porn is such a big thing nowadays? Or is it unrelated?
2: I... I, I don't really know actually, I mean, I think it could be related, but I think the fact of the matter that is, I don't, I don't, I don't think the reason why it is, is as important as the fact that it is actually happening. So we have to combat it.
1: Mm-hmm. I think people start earlier because yeah, we have access to everything now. So you have access to, to meeting websites like Tinder, Grindr, anyone can go and access these, these websites. Um, and also because everyone knows like sex is cool you know sex is cool like yeah i got laid and this happened and this happened and like everyone wants to lose their virginity first and there's this kind of competition of like who lost their virginity and who didn't because we know that because like some people who are virgins are ashamed to say that they're virgins so there must be a reason to that right Mm -hmm. like why is it why is it a bad thing to be a virgin when you're 25 like movies make fun of that all the time like oh look at that virgin nerd like la 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 like in media it's just shown that yeah if you're if you don't have sex you're not attractive and you're not cool and you're not you know out there in the world Mm -hmm. which is complete bullshit
0: and would you say that that's more than just having sex or not but what type of sex you have for instance
1: i think it's just about well I think this is purely about sex like because usually when you tell people that you got laid you're not going to go into detail right you're just gonna be like yeah i had sex and you know it was cool and this and that you're not gonna go into detail like it doesn't matter what kind of sex you had whether it's you know straight or gay or queer or whatever just sex like just so that you know you've put your penis somewhere and you've put your vagina into something, whatever, on something, and yeah, there's no, I don't know, there's no there's no love behind it, it's just pure sex.
0: Yeah, so I think now it's a good point for us to transition a bit in, in the topic mm-hmm. and stop talking about porn consumption, I mean, we can still talk a bit about it, but go more towards porn production. Yes and how that happens uh, how are the actors treated what's how much are they paid what happens after they stop um uh, acting on those films do you guys know about it what what is what would be your first opinion
2: admittedly i don't know much because i don't pay that i don't i don't know them i don't know much about the uh, the subject itself but i can imagine that it's probably pretty badly i mean thinking about how people in general treat sexuality, if there is someone who made their career out of portraying themselves sexually, as soon as they leave that career, probably the general public is going to shame them for that. I mean, we live in a society where sexuality is often shamed. We have this, mm. this pru- We have the prude-whore dichotomy, and so as soon as someone has portrayed themselves in porn even once, they are automatically shamed for that scene as some kind of slutty person in general, even if that's not necessarily the case, that just might have been their way to make money, which, I think, there's, I think there's nothing wrong with that. I mean, nothing, I, I think there's nothing wrong with someone doing that to make money. I think it's wrong to shame a person for doing that.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, and for me, what I also realize is that more and more the porn production is not necessarily the big industry. You still have that, but more and more, what you have is this kind of homemade thing or like websites where you enter and you register and you start immediately already like, making your own videos and seeing how it goes. So you kind of have the porn industry as this spread horizontal thing, kind of, that you don't really have much control.
2: Well, actually, no, actually, (laughs) Okay, only 15 minutes left. Okay, so we'll make it quick. Well, anyways, I personally like the whole proliferation of sites like OnlyFans or things like that, where the porn stars themselves are getting more power in the industry, because, you know, it's only one corporation, you have to do what they want you to do. Meanwhile, if it's your own, if you're on, you you, now live in a place where if you're producing it yourself, you're in control of what your output is, is and you can control whether it's going to be positive or negative. And... Yeah, I like the whole decentralization of the industry itself.
0: Mm-hmm. So, Diana, <laughs> what, what, would, what do you have to say about um, porn industry nowadays? Um, how it can be produced uh, both in terms of videos or photos or pornography in general? Do you think that it's, it has changed much, like from what it is nowadays to 20, 30 years ago?
3: I mean, yes, of course. Like, the thing is that the camming industry is something huge now. And the camming gives you a lot of advantages in the sense that, you know, there is no one regulating it further than the rules to whichever website you are. Like, you know, you are in your house, wherever the fuck you want. You are doing whatever the fuck feels like, and you put the rate. So, in that sense, it's a really free market and it's like really booming right now. And in the other sense, like, I have experienced experience like the industry in two sides I had like two proposals that were completely different <laughs> like the first one like uh I do nude modeling and I was working I, I just find out the date of the shoot that I was working with one of the photographers of Sasha Gray like these super famous woman and I mean the dude was just doing like portfolio shit it was like nothing really important but he do they did a propose to me and he was like explaining me that it was like a fuck ton of money and like, you know, because of my body and because I look younger and because like a lot of shit. And that was a little bit cringy because like then you realize it's this kind of people that is like, oh, you think about it and you call us, And you know, it's um, really weird and under the table. And even if it's like a person that it's know and it's like super official and like they can show you like their portfolio, their webpage, like all the references and everything. The modus operandi, I think for me never felt right because you know you are doing a job that of course in some way is related and you are always in the boundary of erotism and sexuality mm-hmm. but you know make a proposal of this kind to so someone so much younger than you for me never felt clean like you know like If you do that, you just do a casting or like, I don't know. But like, I mean, I don't really know how it should be the appropriate way to recruit girls. I actually think no one should recruit girls. I Mm. think girls should be the ones that actually search for the thing they wanted. But okay, like that was the thing that actually stopped me and said like, oh, oh, no, this is wrong. And the other one was a company in Amsterdam. And what they're saying is that they do human-friendly porn. So like the huge, the full dynamic is that you go with your real-life partner and uh, like you entering this room that are, they have like already modified like with a lot of cameras and basically you're just along with your partner and you do whatever, right? And I mean in some way it sounds nicer because like it's okay, it's something I do anyway and I'm going to get paid. But like maybe because I'm paranoid of maybes because as a creator you are conscious of a lot more stuff. But you know it's not just the recording. Who is editing this material? How much stuff can happen in post-production? Uh, At the end, I mean, everything, even if it's photos, even if it's video, it's going to be forever there. And that is a huge responsibility. And I think that is the reason me as a creator, I wouldn't do it through a third party because I think you should be really, really responsible about the product you are leaving there. And I mean, they were really confused because I was doing, like, so many questions, like, because they also sell you this part of, like, oh, if you want, like... You know, you can only be taken care of with females and, you know, like you are only going to have uh, contact with females and they're going to sign the contract with you and everything. But then I was like, okay, but it's females, the ones that are editing the material. It's females, the ones that are doing all this production, diffusion and everything. And then it's something completely different. And I think, you know, the responsibility go further to saying like, okay, it was me and I knew it was consensual. Because you know you don't know the image and the final product that you are actually going to give to people.
0: Mm-hmm. So, what when you're confronted with this office, uh, or, yeah, how how do you usually pick? What, what are there like different like check checklist like mo- like check the if this happens check okay now no, okay check and then you say yes. Or do you just go for a feeling, okay, I feel like this is going to be safe and this is going to be okay, and sometimes not?
3: I mean, uh, speaking about photography, it's always like um, there is a checklist about like a safety protocol, speaking about that. Like, of course, you need to check like the work, the previous work of the person. You need to check with the reference and not just check them. Like, speak with the girls, contact one of the girls that this person have worked with, see like... Okay, like, for example, like payments, like payments needs to be based in um, on how, how further is this material going to reach, you know, what is the public I'm reaching, like, I'm not going to charge the same for something that is going massive or something that is going on porn. That's something that is for a fashion magazine or for an erotic magazine that is local or something. So you really need to see that all the time there is also a sense because, like, you know, it doesn't have sense that they would offer you a lot of money when it's something that is not really massively produced. So then, like, you know, there is a lot of check things that make you think, like, okay, this is wrong or this is okay. But, like, at the end, I will always say, like, if you feel that something is not right for any reason, like, it's not worth it. Mm-hmm. like, just don't. Because like, even if it's just a stupid feeling or whatever, at the end is your safety. And at the end, there is so much things that are outside your control that you cannot be playing that further, I think.
0: Yeah. Unfortunately, now we've reached the end. There's so much more that we could talk about. Maybe we can do another episode later where we can go more in detail in terms of industry, and. Uh, yeah, choices and sexuality. I think we would be interesting to discuss a bit more of the effects of it. Yeah. yeah? yeah yes, it it's but yeah, now we're going to have to go quickly to the cultural agenda and then say goodbye. <laughs> so, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, sad. So, the first thing I have to say for the cultural agenda is uh, Dionics is looking for volunteers. So, if you'd like to join, contact through the Dionics Facebook page uh, on the 28th, so tomorrow. There is going to be the mandrill demonstration. So, because if you don't know yet, they're getting evicted, so they're organizing this demonstration to.
2: Uh, yeah, 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 it's really yeah. We all know the mandrill. It's beloved. It is now closing. They're having a demonstration from uh 13 o'clock to 17 o'clock. Mm-hmm. That is from 1 p.m. to 5 p.m. Um, and we're starting from the Bassan, uh, the grass field ac- across from the student Hotel and the Lumiere. You'll find it. And also, the fall um that night at 8 o'clock uh will be their last concert at the Mandrill ever. And it's really sad. But the band's performing, it's gonna be really great. Uh Lotte Valda, Peter Willems, Solomon, our good friends, Las Joronas and Johan Zeil. And it will be great. I will definitely, definitely be there.
0: Great. And uh that's it for tonight then. Thank you so much for everyone to being here. Thank you. Yeah. And uh, thank you for RTV and Code043 for all of the support. Without you, we wouldn't be where we are right now. And uh, yeah, stay tuned for next episode, next Wednesday. Also from six to seven is going to be AJ on anarchism and friendship. Mm. Curious, interesting. And now let's leave you with a song. It's uh, People Are Still Having Sex by
1: Latour. All right.
6: Porn. It's like I'm surfing at the speed
7: of light.
6: Poor porn. Trekkie. The
5: internet is for porn. Trekkie. The internet is for porn. What are you doing? Why you think the net was born?
6: Born, born, born. Trekkie.
5: Oh, hello, kid monster.
6: You are ruining my song. Oh,
5: me sorry, me no mean to.
6: Well, if you wouldn't mind, please, being quiet for a minute so I can finish. Okie dokie. Good. I'm glad we have this new technology For porn uh, oh. Which gives us untold opportunity For porn Oh, sorry Depend From your own desktop For You can research, browse, and shop mm? Until you've had enough and you're ready to stop For porn Track it. The internet is for porn Boom.
5: The internet is for porn
6: Trekkie. Me up all night, hugging me, horns, you porn You're a pervert.
5: Ah, sticks and stones, Kate Monster.
6: Oh, really? You're a pervert. Normal people don't sit at home and look at porn on the internet.
5: Oh? What? You have no idea. Ready, normal people? Ready.
7: Ready. Ready. Let me hear it. The
5: internet is horrible. Sorry, Kate. The, the internet, internet is for porn. Porn. I masturbate. All these guys unzip their flies for porn. porn, porn the internet porn, is
6: not for porn. porn Hold oh, on a second. Wow. Now I happen to know for a fact that you, Rod, check your portfolio and trade stocks online. That's correct. And Brian, you buy things on Amazon.com. Sure. And Gary, you. Keep selling your possessions on eBay. Yes, I do. And Princeton, you sent me that sweet online birthday card. True. Oh, but Kate, what do you think he do after? Hmm? <laughs> yeah. Eh.
2: U luistert naar RTV Maastricht. 87.5 op de kabel, 107.5 in de ether. Dit is Ewald van Liemt met het radionieuws. De vakbonden en werkgevers noemen de voorstellen van...